But there's that one portion of that movement that literally the majority of that weight is on my hip flexor that's mm-hmm. this big. It just seems like an injury waiting to happen. So I really, even for clients, I'm like, ah, you guys are getting strong. Let's do 20s. Yeah. But remember, when I say 20, that means at 14, it should seem impossible. Hmm. And then I want you to will your way through those next six reps, and that's worth it. It shouldn't be like 18, 19, 20, rack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. Dusty Hanshaw, the producer, Scott McNally, and myself, Big Ron Partlow. I want to welcome you to the show. This is our Q&A episode. Remember... Like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. There you go. Do not forget that stuff makes a big difference, helps us out a lot. You know about the algorithms. And then, of course, Patreon. Hit the Patreon for the price of a cup of coffee. You can help our homeless producer, (laughs) Scott McNally. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you can help us out. So remember to hit the Patreon. The I think Big Bodybuilding Network uh, uh, really loves the support. And of course, IamMutant.com, code Dusty20, code BigRon20. Get your 20% off. Use whichever code you want. Hit up IamMutant.com. You got your ISO surge. You got your all-in pre-workout. You got your gear. Get on the gear. There we are. Straight to work. Yes. Hey, right to it. Yeah, we have a, got a lot of questions. Yeah, we've got a ton of them. So we were going to just try to rapid fire through a bunch of stuff. I'll just start bringing them up. I'll set them up. You guys knock them down. Thanks for answering my previous question, Dakota says. He says, question for the next show. Um, I've been using decline bench press for a while now. I feel like it is a little better contraction. And I feel like the biomechanic, from a biomechanic standpoint, my shoulders don't roll forward and it's less painful. What are your thoughts on this versus regular bench? Well, my initial thing is um, I remember Dorian, Dorian Yates saying that he did like a lot of decline barbell press, but his bench, I believe, was modified. So it was like a 10 or 15 degree decline. Very, it wasn't like yep. it wasn't like the standard old school decline benches that we see around gyms um, that are, in my opinion, excessively declined and um, not nearly as useful very good for ego lifting, um, but not necessarily useful. And I also used to do some heavy declines back in the day, but I would get nosebleeds. Oh. And, um, you know, I don't know if it was the decline or the D ball, but um, <laughs> right. it was one of the two. But I just remember thinking that I didn't really think that was a good idea. Like, you know, you don't want to blow like a blood vessel in your brain, decline benching four plates and all that stuff. So I sort of shied away from that bench. Uh, after my early years of of training. And I found my favorite decline movement was just putting a little bit of an elevation under a bench, like under the foot of a flat bench, like putting a 45-pound plate even or a couple plates and using dumbbells. I always thought that was a great decline movement if you're going to do a decline. And then, of course, dips are kind of the ultimate decline movement in a lot of ways if you can set them up right. Um but I mean, yeah, I mean, if this guy likes doing them, I got nothing against that. But I, I think there might be better exercises than the old school decline, you know, with the, like the 30 degree decline. I don't know what he's on, but he might be better off putting a bench under a Smith and just elevating the end of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's options. Yeah, it seems simple. I mean, I, I agree 100% because the range of motion is terrible on a barbell. And, you know, I really enjoy a hammer strength decline for open up that pec minor because I don't think a lot of people realize how often hmm. that pec minor is bound up and becomes trap issues, shoulder issues, everything else. So I do recommend doing something in a decline position. Uh, and Old Faithful is absolutely dips. I think a weighted dip leaned in on purpose to get the pec is a great movement. And you don't – I think I always used to always – remind people there's a reason that most gyms have one or no decline fixed benches and they have four inclines and four flat benches hmm. yeah it's not necessary yeah. i'm picturing yeah. uh branch back in the day with the chains on his neck doing the dips that was like his yes. thing you know yeah Cussing. the only thing I, I i i see people use our decline bench for like abs 
yeah. and like yep. all sorts of <clears throat> other stuff. But I only see a couple people actually bench on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it is yep. it's pretty old school movement. And it's it's you know if we had to remove something from our gym floor. Yeah. That that decline bench has come up several times as being the thing that we might take out. <laughs> yeah, the possibility. It would really piss off a couple of members that use it, but then like everyone else wouldn't even notice it was gone, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. How about this one? Digestion question. Reed says, uh, what's the oddest digestive issue that you've had? I'm five weeks out currently, basically eating ice cubes and air molecules, and everything is moving great. Then I chewed two pieces of gum that had sugar alcohol in them yesterday, and I had terrible gas and bloating for days. Um, your answer cannot include choking on steak, Dusty. <laughs> That's cheating. You said the oddest. I kind of thought I had a yeah. win here. Was, yeah, that was pretty like, odd. What's the worst day of your life? And don't mention the day you died. That doesn't get yeah. Weak. <laughs> right. Weak. Yeah. yeah, we'll keep bringing that up. <laughs> it's getting a little old anyhow <laughs> you know what yeah. you, you you nailed is um change is always what i was afraid of when i was competing mm. like i found by default with uh with one of my first coaches a mistake he made which was at the very end and i didn't know any better he changed all of my protein sources for the last three days into a show into foods i had not been eating the entire time and it was an issue. So I, my look faltered for no reason. And, and by the time I was done with that situation, then had hired Chris Aceto and learned his answer to everything was like, why would we change anything? You look yeah. great. Like that was always his knee jerk. So I keep those things in mind for all clients as well. Like if they say, Oh, is it okay if I use, you know, low sugar ketchup? I'm like, well, have you been using it the whole time? around the same amount, then it's fine. But don't suddenly toss something like that in at the end. Right. Because now yeah. you're changing my calories. You're, you're bringing in, like you said, sugar alcohols or whatever that weren't there before. So not the time to be experimenting close to the end of a prep because, of course, your body is hypersensitive to any changes after 16-plus weeks of a bland prep. Yeah. 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 I've, I've seen that a lot too. People will go through the whole diet and then like five weeks out – there's all these problems. And they're like, well, did you change anything? And they're like, oh, well, I started using like these syrups on my oatmeal. And then this, like, you know, this uh, sugar-free jello I made twice yesterday. And I'm like, oh, there's your problem. I'm don't throwing do all that. this stuff in. Don't do that. Just don't do any of that stuff. Go back to what you're doing. You know? Yeah. So. And, you know, the thing, too, is they usually say, they're like, well, I've never had problems with that before. You know, that's usually the answer, but all bets are off when you've been on a contest diet for 16 weeks, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Not having not having any problems before because you were off season and you couldn't see any of the problems. Yeah. But now yep. you're you're four weeks out and I can see there's a problem. Your legs aren't as hard as last week. So what happened? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that stuff creeps up. And I think we do get more sensitivities too, you know, like further along, just like in the off season, I think you can get sensitivities when you're eating a lot and your digestive system is so stressed, then, you know, maybe it's like one serving of oats doesn't bother you, but then you go to two servings of oats and now all of a sudden you've got issues, you know, and it's like, well, oats have never been a problem for me before. And it's like, well, have you eaten this volume of food before? Yeah, right. Which that just sense. happened. Same, that was a little same with egg whites. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like some someone would be like, "Oh, I, I'm having a problem with egg whites." I'm like, "My stomach's all messed up." Like, well, you've been eating them all year, but yeah, but I just switched like four of my meals to egg whites. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, yeah. well, that's the problem. Do you guys ever do so. the liquid egg whites and just drink them? Oh yeah, I did lots of times. Yeah, yeah. I, it worked for yeah. me, so I was like, "I'm going to try this two meals," and that was a mistake. Because it literally <laughs> came out same consistency it went in like oh, two yeah. hours later. Yeah. That's a visual. Like, oh, I can't do that <laughs> two times a day. <laughs> right. I've done that lots. Like if I if I was on the road and I was pinched for food and I was yeah. like needed to eat clean or stick to a diet. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could like go to a grocery store and buy a five hundred mil of egg whites and just slam it. Yeah, you know, yeah, fifty yeah, grams of protein. Meal. Move on. I used to do yeah. that when I worked for the pop company. I just literally yeah. on the clock, I'd be like, okay, time for me to go eat some food. And I figured it out myself. I was like, okay, so they sell like the Lana's egg whites, you know, and all yeah. that and all the flavored egg whites. I was like, I bet you I could just get the egg whites here. And there's 50 grams of protein. 
and there's a bagel. That's 60 grams of carbs. Yep. And there's there 10 yep. units of Humulin R in my in my backpack. This works out great. How'd that get there? And I'm on the <laughs> clock. <laughs> Does that make you there a professional you bodybuilder right then and there? <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Pretty. You were getting well. paid to eat. I like it. Yeah. What it, so, Ron, did you have anything like that? Like a because you was asking personal experiences. I never really had. I know people like don't get this, but I never really had like digestive problems. Yeah. I've been like super regular my whole life. I've never. I don't know what it's like to be like crazy con i guess i remember one time like long time ago i was working with a coach that had me eating like a crazy amount of vegetables because my carbs were almost like nothing yeah and i had like these digestive issues but i just learned that broccoli was a problem for anyone when they eat two kilos a day of it <laughs> right and yeah and you know if you have broccoli at one meal that's different than you know two pounds over the course of the day for several days in a row that's not a good idea yeah. Um, once I once I learned what vegetables my body likes, like my my body loves green beans. I can eat green beans with three meals a day, no problem. Flat stomach, don't even know I'm eating them. But mm. as soon as I throw in broccoli, I get a lot of problems. Like, but there's people that argue that humans shouldn't even eat broccoli. Like, there's people that say really? it's like, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, it's got vitamins in it. So what? It the cruciferous vegetables are terrible for gas and digestion there's far superior vegetables we can eat let's right. just eat other stuff you know so plus you, you can smell like broccoli i've never said that someone smelled like a green bean but i've yeah. definitely smelled yeah. some broccoli people i'm like bro you good point. stop that's disgusting yeah yeah nothing's worse than those people that smell like fish though Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I got to have white fish at five meals. And next thing you know, you can't even be within 50 feet of him at the gym. It's like, dude, your girlfriend is going to leave you. <laughs> like She should. But like, I peeled, bro. Like, yeah, no, I, I like, yeah, there's a price to pay for that. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> yeah. be that guy. There's a price to pay for that. <laughs> All right. Jeremy Jason's got a question for us. He says, a uh, question for Dusty, uh, a former Arizonan. Um, have you ever had a close call or encounter with a scorpion or a rattlesnake? Um, is that some way out? Is it some or is that some way out desert stuff? That that is not way out desert stuff. The um, scorpion, actually, this is a funny one. Uh, I was doing cardio in the gym. Okay, so I'm walking along, and all of a sudden, ah, something hurt my toe. Son of a bitch. I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of cardio. There was a scorpion that was in my shoe that I put my shoe on and did not position himself to sting me until Ooh. I was walking. And then I literally was like, mother, I took my shoe off and I poured it out. I saw the scorpion. I smashed the little bastard. Yeah. And then I put my shoe back on. And I was like, all right, from what I understand, this is going to hurt like hell at some point and become an issue. But I got 17 minutes of cardio to do. So if I can get it done before <laughs> that happens, <laughs> I will finish it. So I got back on there. And I don't know if it was how he hit me or whatever. But like, it was sore. But I had been prepared by people of what was coming and elevate your foot and this whole thing. Yeah. It was, I was, the only thing that pissed me off is that when I smashed him. I didn't get a good picture of him. For the for the grand. So how, how big was he? Like the size of a dime or a or a quarter or no? He was like a little bigger. Big? He was like a quarter. And the, I guess the bigger they are, the less damage they do. No he kidding. Wasn't big. Okay. Yeah. The little ones are the ones huh. that whip your ass. Huh. Um, but I really do think that somehow he must have got me in a way that because I've heard many stories about it, and like I was like, oh, this is going to be a, a problem today. Yeah, you know, not like you're gonna die or anything, but this is gonna be an issue, and it really wasn't. And I just remember like a guy watched me. He goes, "What was that?" I'm like, "Ah, there was a scorpion in my shoe," and he just looked at me like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, he got me. Anyways, so yeah, yeah. that was it. Okay. All right. Okay. How about got okay. one for uh, Ron here? How much salt in the liter of water before a workout? You've mentioned put some salt in your pre-workout. You know, water, drink a liter of that down before you train, give you good pumps. Right. I, I always tell people uh, four to five grinds is what okay. I tell people. But <laughs> You're just but, as bad um, as me. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things with sodium, 
is I really, <laughs> really try to avoid using like the last thing I want is people weighing their salt. Like, I hear yeah, you. That's your like that's not how the body works. The body's really, really great at managing sodium. You do not have to manage it for it. It will manage it. You can just put in plenty. It will piss out all the salt it doesn't need. Trust me. Um, so I say four to five grinds. I was always told I had a uh, uh, my old coach Scott Abel, who was big on salt. He was the guy that that kind of opened my eyes. He was ahead of his time. But he used to say a gram for every liter of fluid that flows through your body okay. as an athlete. Right. So if you drink eight mm-hmm. liters, you need eight grams. If you drink, wow. you know, that sort of thing. So he, he always said as an athlete, that's the number he, he kind of aimed for. So, you know, you could put, I mean, those little salt packets that you get at restaurant, those are one gram. So you could put a salt packet in, of course, they're half chloride, right? Because that's sodium chloride. So it's really only 500 megs of sodium. Okay. um, I was going to ask you a gram of salt or a gram of sodium. Right, right. So, so, so yeah, but you know, obviously there's a taste factor too. You don't want your water to taste gross and you you don't want to be drinkable. I find a little bit of salt in my water actually makes it more drinkable because it absorbs, it absorbs better. Your body takes it better when there's a little bit of electrolyte in it because it's it's like a whole absorption issue um so so yeah i uh i i would say you know between 500 and a thousand milligrams of salt but you know don't don't be putting it on a scale that's just too that's 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 that world of spreadsheet bodybuilding that i really really try to avoid right Mm, i like that spreadsheet bodybuilding on the topic of uh water how many liters a day realistically should we be drinking? I try to get four to five liters, but end up peeing a ridiculous amount and wake up five to six times during the night. This is from one of our regulars, Reza. Don't drink so close to bed. Yeah, that it sounds like a lot of reduce, that is the back end. Yeah, that will reduce this. I mean, five to six times a night is ridiculous. Yeah, you're that's drinking like too much dieting. late in the day for sure. That's like zero carbs. Like if you're yeah. peeing, like I think at my my most severely dieted, I was maybe peeing five times a night. You got some prostate you know? issues. One of the two. Yeah, you need a you need a finger up the bum. Check that out. You know. <laughs> from, oh, a profes- from a professional, from a professional, it's Ron not said. if it's an inspection. <laughs> oh man that's bad so he uh to answer i do tell my clients to shoot for six every day okay um which is yeah. a lot but it's to me this is an area in bodybuilding that somehow gets missed like the importance of getting your fluid in i don't know how people don't understand how like fluid is more important than food yeah so hydration yeah. you know it's just a fact. So you you have to be bringing in that. And if you're organized, I don't even see how it's difficult. Like I have people say, oh, I, I can't. I'm like, how? When I was in prep, two gallons was easy in a day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. long retired and I put down more than a gallon every single day. The key if you're is thirsty or dehydrated. Keep that in mind. Yeah. You have to have water with you is the key, right? Yep. Like if you Always. if you say... You go for you go to work and it's an hour drive and you don't have any water with you available during that drive or you sit at your desk or you whatever you go do something you're away from water you can't make up it's hard to make up for water you know what I mean mm-hmm. if, once you get behind you missed a couple hours of being consistent yeah. but if you constantly have it with you that's the key and then you can you can drink it I remember I I'm sure you guys probably did it I did the gallon jug thing I mean like walking around with your gallon jug and I felt like, oh, I'm a bodybuilder, you know, but it really was, it's, it helped me get through the water that I needed at that time, you know, when I actually did that. Yeah, yeah. Dusty sort of mumbled something there, but I, I'm not sure if it came out good on the mic, but he said, when you're thirsty, you're, you're already dehydrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very, very important. It's, it, you're already past needing water if you're thirsty. So remember that. And your pee should be clear. Like yeah, if yes. you go to take a take a leak and it's like bright yellow, either you just hammered your vitamins like an hour ago and says yeah. a bunch of vitamin C in your piss, or or you're you need to like hydrate better. So yep. keep that in mind. And you train yourself too, I think. Like if you're not thirsty initially, 
that if you drink consistently, then your body gets used to it. I think if you're not drinking consistently, your body will hold more water, you know, and you, you oh, won't sure. you won't pee it out as much. So that first couple of days, it might be harder. But, you know, with time, I mean, it's just like in the gym, you go in the gym, you don't just most people at least aren't benching three plates the first day they train. Right. right. And maybe you aren't at two gallons or a gallon and a half yet. But, you know, if you work on it, you can get it like you said, Dusty, a gallon in. Like you can get a gallon in easy, you know. Yeah. To start, yeah, and build it, and re- and remember the studies that show a ten percent dehydration lead to a thirty percent decrease in performance. Wow! So do not let yourself get dehydrated. That's why I tell people that train in the morning. The most important thing is the second you wake up, you need to get a full liter in, like right away yep. with some salt in it. Mm. Because, you know, you don't need a lot of food to train, but you need to be hydrated. A lot more water stuff going on here. Uh, Time is muscle, says a question for the next show. Uh, Dry out techniques for show day without the use of diuretics. Do either of you have experience? I heard John Meadows did preps without diuretics. So uh, really like to hear your thoughts, guys. The key to doing a show without diuretics is to be peeled of fat, like stripped, stripped. Like a lot of people, I I corrected someone the other day. They said, oh, you know, I have to be 205 for my cutoff for classic. So as long as I'm like, you know, 210, 212, I can make 205, no problem. Um, You know, I'll just like, you know, not eat or hit the sauna or whatever. And I was like, that's a terrible strategy. Um, The best strategy for you, if you have to be 205, is to ruthlessly get yourself down to 203. Like waking up in the morning, 203, regular day, no diuretics, fat-free, skinned alive, even if it costs you, even if you feel like a rake. Because now you can weigh in without diuretics, without dehydrating yourself, without starving yourself, because you can get up and have breakfast put a whole liter of water in and now you're 205 and now you just got to wait for weigh-ins yeah right. and you'll be 204 in an hour because you're going to pee and then you can drink some more fluid <laughs> and eat a little bit of chicken and now you're 205 again and now you wait another hour and you're 204 again like you can make weight without having to deplete and suck and drain all the life out of your muscles and all that stuff yeah right and and that's the key is get like Get in what you think is in shape and then lose another 10 pounds. Like, just get peeled. <laughs> you know? It's, like um, that. yeah, that's that's the sort of the attitude that, that you know, I, I think is the best way to, to dry out. Because, you know, I, I always go by how people look in the morning, right? Yep. You know what I mean? Can I, can I send you a picture, Scott? Sure. As long as it's just not through. in your dick. Again. <laughs> yeah, again. Aww. I got enough of those today. <laughs> <laughs> so i'll just send you this so this is just an example this yes. is what i'm talking about so this is this is uh this is my good buddy Murr. his name's daryl daryl ransom um so my buddy Murr, i've been helping him for a while so this is just him in the morning he gets up in the morning pounds a liter of fluid goes to the gym does his cardio takes some pictures sends them to me so hands. this is him so like yeah he he doesn't need to use all these crazy methods to get hard for stage. He's yeah. literally just going to wake up that day, go to the show with a water bottle in his hand. Yep. No worries in the world. Do you know what I mean? Everyone else mm-hmm. dehydrated and diuretic out of their mind, feeling like garbage. Stressed, you know? Stressed. He's just going to roll in like, oh, it's Saturday? Oh, okay. I'm here. Yep. You know? And and that's that's like... I, the longer I do this, the more I think that is just that, that should be everybody's goal. I think yeah. I think that we, my whole generation, approached it a little bit wrong. Like we're gonna do this and this and this and this and this, and then we're gonna do this and this, and we're gonna do this, and then we'll look great. Yeah, yeah. Or and I we'll think miss. essentially it's like eh, just get leaner. Just yeah, get leaner. I can agree more. So. Jose used to always say, anything that can make you better at the end can also make you worse. Yeah. yeah. It's so risk. It's risk. That swing that you take, you know, to get that water out or whatever could be the thing that 
that, that pushes you in the wrong direction. Like you said, Ron, I mean, when you're in shape, I always laugh because John Meadows is always listed and people forget like he would do update photos every two or three days. The in the last six weeks, it looked like he was yeah. drier than the Sahara desert six weeks out. Like it's not yeah. much of a story that he didn't use diuretics. It's like to pull what from where? Yeah. 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 I, I and mean, he died at his, his heart beating. Off. I remember, <laughs> I remember John, I remember when John did the two Oh two. Oh man. He he awesome showed enough. he told me his diet. He's like, yeah, I'm on a bikini diet, and I'm like, oh, what's it like? And he started telling me his diet, and I was like, oh, that's an actual bikini diet. Yeah, like he's on yeah. like four egg ounces whites. of chicken. Yeah, egg whites, yeah, like, chicken, and something else. Like, <laughs> like, like you know, he's just getting just suffering into like oblivion to get peeled, you know. And then yeah. also too, another thing is. Um, I think people also don't understand the importance of reducing workload if possible. Obviously, if you got to, if someone's grinding, they got to grind. Yeah. But like Meadows, a guy like that, that or like you know, like the guy I just showed you, mm -hmm. he's going to be able to back off cardio a week out. Yeah. Back off, like oh, you just pull cardio back to fifteen minutes a day. Let's roll this back, roll this back, and then all the stress hormones that are you know, already probably pretty good because he's in shape. They drop down even more. Like the number of times I've told people the last week, okay, hey, cut cardio and add carbs and I'll add like rice to some of their meals and their weight drops. Yeah. yeah. And they're harder. blown away. Like, how can I be lighter? And I'm like, stress hormones and water. You're drying out as you carb up and relax and cut your cardio and dial back. And, yep. you, you know, it's not all done the night before with, you know, I remember the, I remember the injectable Lasix days guys wow. around me taking oh, yeah. injectable asics you know and then wondering why they can't get a pump for like 36 hours yeah you know <laughs> so hey i also saw some guys win shows doing wacky shit too i mean we all saw that you know but yeah but you get coin flip that's the thing it's risk someone might have won a show taking this and that and doing this and that but can they re can they repeat it can they do it yeah. again yeah you know mm -hmm. so i got a, i got a shot from one of my guys this is uh fully drinking water like no water cut yeah. at all there you Zero go water look at cut. that <laughs> you know? good work jeez Thanks. yeah and it's one of the things stuff. too is he had he had one of the things we needed to do was watch his legs because his legs would really shrink up on him they aren't like his strongest body part and they we were great. able to well yeah in this season we were able to do like very minimal cardio like the last six weeks he was hardly doing cardio at all you know and it's like he didn't lose any of the volume in the legs and, mm -hmm. and yeah. we posed him better too but yeah like just constantly just drinking drinking two gallons a day of the show and just looking better and better you're gonna be full you know get to eat your regular yeah. food all of that relax I remember I was uh, sitting next to Ben Chow at one of his show, uh, one of the shows that I see. A guy, I, I just happened to see Ben at like four shows this year. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sitting next to him, and he had a client that looked really good. I'm like, oh man, this guy looks great. And he goes, Yeah, we had a panic last night. Yeah. I went to his room, and he 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 was soft. Hmm. And I go, well, What'd you do? And he goes, I gave him a gallon of water. I dumped a bunch of salt in it, and I told him he had to drink the whole thing before bed. Dang. And he pounded it. <laughs> And then, of course, what happens? The antidiotic hormones in the aldosterone tank. Yep. yep. Down to nothing. It's the like gates, crazy. <laughs> the floodgates just open wide, and the guy sleeps with wide open gates, getting up to piss. He got up to piss every 45 minutes all night long. You know, yep. woke up in the morning, dry as shit. It's a baller <laughs> move, though, because as a coach, it is. isn't it kind of scary? When somebody's not looking the way you want them to, and you're like, drink more water, and you're getting close to the show, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a ball guy move. Like, I guess the guy had like a yeah, the guy had a screwed up flight, and he oh, came yeah, in late, stress. right? So he was all like stress and oh, panic, and the wife's trying to keep him calm, and Ben's like, pound yeah. a gallon, like yeah. pound it. You have like six hours before bed, just pound this gallon. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it just wild. flushed, just rinsed it all out. Just like, you know, just spraying down your car after you've been in the mud, you know, all the, just all oh, how <laughs> yeah. shiny it is. Just rinse all that shit away, you know? So, yeah. All right. What else do we have here? Um, I know there was the 2.5 pound question. Let's see. Oh, how about this one? 
Uh, Paul says, a uh, question for the next podcast. Do you think there is an issue with every person who has trained for more than two weeks than claiming to be a coach? Surely at some point it gets dangerous, especially if they are offering advice on drugs, etc., cetera, uh, when they are not qualified. Uh, I, you know what? I, um, I've sort of changed my tune a little bit on this. I put the onus on the buyer. Hmm. Buyer, be, mm. you know, buyer beware, right? That's what we always used to say. Um, you're allowed to, you're allowed to try to do business. Like I, I just kind of look at. I'm just all about personal responsibility. You know, I, I mm. even though something might irritate me and I might think something, I'm like, wait a minute. My core tenets of how I try to like think about the world is personal responsibility. Yeah. And right. so it's up to you. Like, who are you hiring? What experience do they have? Have they done this before? Can they help you? Then there's also the fact that I've seen some people that have no experience, don't really know a lot about bodybuilding. And I've seen them help like a friend and the friend just looks awesome. Yeah. I'm like, well, whatever you guys did. <laughs> Good job. <clears throat> you know? Um, so I've been surprised, shocked, blown away by the odd, you know, know nothing or brand new coach obviously i've seen some horror stories but hey i've seen horror stories with like these super famous all-star coaches that are supposed to be the cat's mm -hmm. ass that cost five grand a year or whatever the hell they're charging i've seen some brutal stories with that like not even getting a, a final week from them not hearing from them the last mm -hmm. 10 days before prep getting ignored you know just all this stuff you know so you know, it is what it is. You know, you, you got to be be aware who you're paying and, and what's your experience been like with them. I don't know. What do yeah. you guys think? I think you covered the most of it. I mean, because you, you did nail it. I mean, I just had somebody that on a Q&A asked me how I would handle, if, if I was him, um, reaching out to a coach who said he was going to have his program to him in a certain number of days. I don't want to say the number because everybody will know who it is because I know who it is. And then four days past that date, just not responding to emails Ooh, after he'd right. paid him up front for a full year. Yeah. You know, and that's a pretty normal thing. Um, I will also say that you do have to remember everyone started somewhere. Like I look back at how I used to do things and go, Ooh, I don't know how I mean, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> but what I do now works better. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I would never say that I had ever done anything that was dangerous or bad but definitely didn't have the understanding I have now. Sure. And like you said, Ron, I mean, there's certain things you just learn to where when you do have experience, the only way it came was with the experience. Like I can pretty well wholeheartedly tell people there's nothing that's going to happen during this prep I haven't seen. So yeah. just relax. The reason I'm calm is not that I don't care. It's that I've seen it and I will fix it and it'll be fine. You know? Yeah. Um, so like you said, you, you have to, look into that as as a client as well and ask like why am i hiring you it's a it's a question on my questionnaire that i have for clients why are you hiring me why me i ask because people that all the time why are you calling i can me? literally send you to other people so let me tell you what i do and make sure it's a good fit for you if if your possible coach can't ask you that question then you probably have an issue you know, because I, I mean, I have clients. I mean, we know this. We all have shared clients on this podcast. People that worked with you, then me, then me, then you. People just try different stuff and there's nothing wrong with that. And any client I have that has worked with either of you, they have nothing negative. They're just like, I want to try something new. And I'm like, ah, oh, you shouldn't have chosen me then because you're getting basically the same thing. Ron and I do the same diets. I'm, I'm a little meaner. <laughs> Ron's a little nicer. Uh, but it's funny because it's like I do laugh because I'll see it. And I'm like, ah, okay, well, I'll change one meal then because that's exactly how I would have written that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I know what you mean. It's, um, it, it's, you know, that obviously there's people out there that are, I think the thing that 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 gets me, um, and I'll I'll leave the real ranting to Mike Van Wick because that's what he's the <laughs> he's best doing a lot at. of that lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to step on his toes and steal any of his phrases, <laughs> but um, but the um, the people that are really diving into the uh, trying to be something they're not, 
um, or trying to be everything. Mm -hmm. um, like Mike, Mike did a great video where he's like, people come to me and I put them through a back workout and I change their form and I get their lats working better and I, you know, correct them because their arms too long for this <clears throat> exercise. And why are you doing this? It doesn't work for you. And you know, all that sort of back workout stuff. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then they'll go, okay, well, what's my diet, and my psycho. And he's like, I don't do that. Yeah. And they're like, what? Yep. And he's like, I don't do diets. I haven't dieted a bodybuilder for years. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't, yeah. he's not what he's into. It's not what he likes. It's not fun for him. So he doesn't do it. Okay. But there's people out there that feel like they have to be everything. And that's one of the main things that I've always said is beware of people that have an answer for everything. The, the most telling thing about Chris Aceto, we've said this dozens of times, is that he says, I don't know all the time. Yep. He's like, hey, I get people ready for shows, but I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know. I love that because there are so many people that that's all they have are the answers, but they don't know how to really apply this stuff in the real yeah. world. There's so they many. Know what they should say, right? Yeah, they know what exactly. The, the, voice, the, the sound bite should be something about, um, you know, transverse plane elbow drive combined with the word activation. And yeah. then the word, oh, we have to use a phrase, uh, optimal range of motion. And then we have to also use like this, all this phrase bombing word salad uh, stuff. Is great if, if you know, and I guess it takes someone a little more experience to know who actually knows what they're talking about. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But for example, like if, say Ben Pakulski, right? Who I know, I know him Ben for a long, long time. Let's say Ben yeah. does a video on squatting and he's talking about ankle flexion and knee placement and hips. I'm like, yeah, this guy's completely qualified to be talking about this stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then you got some other guy who's maybe 22 years old. And he's saying the exact same stuff word for word. It's like you just sound like you're impersonating an expert. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, yeah, you, you can see been... that. You can yeah. see that. I can see that. Dusty can see that. Yeah. The 21 year old guy might not see that who's <laughs> newer, you know? Right. Right. Like, like the reason Ben can say all that stuff is because he's read all the books, he's been to all the, the, the literally gone to biomechanical seminars that were weeks long. He's like, you know, and obviously stood on the Olympia stage. Yeah, he applied and, it, you know, he applied yeah, it. Squatted, yeah, squatted six plates for 15 reps and like all this crazy shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And mm. so there's there's that, that stuff. Because like, you know, yeah, that's my little thing. Without ranting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm done with that rant. I don't want to rant anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. And you know what? And also just one final thing. If you are that young new trainer, speak from the heart. Speak from what yes. you actually know. Like just be you. Like say, man, I just love to train. I found this so far. I helped a guy with this and it worked. I really yep. think that this guy's smart and I really like what he has to say about squatting. And I think that it's smart if you if you follow those guidelines. That's what I'm gonna do. Yep. He could still help you get in shape for a show. He could maybe he's great with diet, great with yeah. prep. Just don't try to be everything. Don't try to always have the answers for everything. Yeah. Yeah. True All that. right. Dusty. So what do you guys think of uh, doing pyramid sets on leg day up until you're close to your max set, then drop uh, setting back down to high reps? I actually, for legs specifically, I love volume as I go up. Uh, other body parts, like if I was doing, say, shoulder presses, I'm just touching weights to get to my maximum poundage. So, like, my last set or two is like two reps before I actually get into my heavy sets. But legs, yeah, I, I pyramid. Like, if I'm doing sets of 20 to 50, every warm-up set is 10 to 15 reps, maybe even 20. I might put four plates on and do 20 reps, put six plates on and do 20 reps, put eight plates on and do 20 reps, and then figure out where my heavy uh, weight is going to be. Because I like the pre-exhaust. It also makes sure I don't get injured because, or at least lessens the chance because I'll be using less weight for that all-out set. Uh, I don't drop set legs um, primarily because for me, I find that wind becomes an issue more than strength. Um, so that's not the best route for me because my legs are just naturally strong. So hmm. I can just will my th way through 50 reps on a weight that I'm dying wind-wise, and it won't really be great for me. Um, but I do like to do a full set and a drop-back set. If I was doing that, that's how I would design it. 
It'd be a really heavy set of say 30 and then a full three to five minute break and then a lighter set for, you know, 35 to 50 reps. And that would be like my version of that. But I'm, I'm in the same boat as Dusty and uh, um, I feel like uh, obviously because of, you know, my age and stuff, I really like, you know, the two plates for 12, four plates for 12, six plates for 12, eight plates for 12. Now you're on 10 plates and now you only get, maybe you only get 11 or 12. Now, so it's a fail set. Okay, there's first yeah. work set. Now I'll pull a couple plates off, go back down to eight plates and do my second fail set. I know that I'll, you know, fail between 10 and 20 reps somewhere because I just did a fail set. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, I know what you mean. My training partner will do like the, you know, the, the 20 rep warm up and then a 10 rep and then maybe a five rep because he's yeah. trying to preserve strength. Um, yep. But I don't do that anymore. I don't try to preserve that extra amount. I, I think the warm up, the groove, getting everything, you know, fully pumped and, you know, reducing risk is maybe uh, um, maybe it's mental, but it, it it's definitely something that I do now. So, yeah, That's a little more volume. And the leg more- press is that. Yeah, the leg press is a big volume exercise, I think, because <clears throat> you can't leap four plates aside at a right. time. You know what I mean? Like you gotta warm. There's so many plates on that thing for some people. You yeah. gotta you gotta groove into it. Your you don't want to do like eight plates for ten and then jump to thirteen plates aside. <laughs> <laughs> no, God, like no. like that's you guys, disaster town. Yeah. Do you guys your opinion for both you and your clients though? Like, I find like for me in leg press. A lot of it being hindsight on mistakes I did make that when pushing to proper depth, you get a point where the risk to reward on pounds gets a little bit crazy for hip flexors and things. Yeah. Because like it's like, yeah, I have 22 plates up per side on this thing and I'm doing 10. But there's that one portion, that movement that literally the majority of that weight is on my hip flexor that's mm-hmm. this big. It just seems like an injury waiting to happen. So I really, even for clients, I'm like, ah, you guys are getting strong. Let's do 20s. But remember, when I say 20, that means at 14, it should seem impossible. Hmm. And then I want you to will your way through those next six reps, and that's worth it. It shouldn't be like 18, 19, 20, rack. Right, yeah. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I try to tell people if, if I ever tell you to do 20 rep leg presses or whatever, you should be able to do at, at least twelve nonstop. Agreed. Okay, Agreed. I like that. You no, know, you don't want it. You don't want nineteen nonstop. That's too light of a weight. You, you, yeah. It has to be a grinder. It has to be a really hard twenty. So you need to be able to do twelve before you have to kind of start pausing, and then doing like two at a time. Pause, breathe, breathe, two at a time. So you want those twenties to be real grinders, like oh, true agree. grinder sets. Yeah. Shoot, man. I feel like, you know, a lot of the um, the newer guys that I work with, um, I have to teach them not to pause the reps. They'll pause just everything. Like, you know, they're doing the leg press and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, let's get it going. One, down and up and then take a couple breaths and lock the knees out. Two, you know, and it's that's the yeah, way the yeah. set starts. So I think just being able to go to those constant reps in itself is a great tool for getting more out of less weight, you know? Yeah. I get both yeah. actually, Scott. I get that. I've had a few where I'm like, whoa, why do you, like, I'm like, I thought they were like adjusting their feet because they kept stopping. Yeah. I'm like, why are you stopping? But then on the other end, I've had people rack, they grind at a rep and then they rack and uh, it'll be early on in our, in our training relationship. And they're like, I said, why did you, why did you take a few breaths? Oh, I didn't know it was a rest pause. I'm like, oh, you can hold it there. Oh, don't lock your knees. But as long as you don't rack the weight, this set's still going. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. I might stop, you know, on a, on a high, high rep set. I might stop five times. By the end, it might be every rep. <laughs> right. You know, that mm. that 36 to 40 tends to be like maybe two reps, maybe even one. Breathe, go. Yeah. Breathe, yeah. go, you know. Just training yourself so. to do that, I think, is is great for the muscle. Like I I because there was a, I remember the time that that made sense to me and I feel like my development took off when I started trying to get constant reps out of everything I did versus, yeah. you know, just doing curls one and then take a breath two you know, it's like the just being yeah. able to get those constant reps is a, was a game changer for me. Yep. All right. We've got a few more. We can try to rattle through here. Um, there was one about traveling to Ron's gym. I'm sure I'll find that one. Oh, this one, 
I, can, I can take this one. Um, let's see. I have a lady that I'm helping out with her diet. She used to be a heroin addict. I noticed the way I said that. I gotcha. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Smart. It's not that you can't read everyone. And I can't. Well, there is that too. And uh, I can't get her to lose. Could it be a problem with her serotonin? I said it that way like he was guessing. Mm. Uh, serotonin? Uh, from years of abuse. I can tell you that it probably, and I, I wrote him back on this one too. I don't think it does have anything to do with that. I've seen so many people that have gotten into recovery that were, you know, opiate addicts that, uh, that were able to, that have been able to get in crazy shape. And because they're addicts, I think they've got that little screw loose in their heads that they've probably even gotten leaner than most people. So I agree a million percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll say that. And the reason I said heroin, that's uh, an old black guy once told me in uh, in the my 12-step program. He said, you know why they call it heroin? And I said, why is that? He said, because from heroin out, you got a problem. <laughs> I was like, that's a good one. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is classic. You know, um, what I find interesting is anytime I have a client that's new and they tell me that they're, you know, in recovery. Yeah. I've always think to myself, oh, this is going to be good because <laughs> yeah. they just like I've had so much good luck with just hardcore people like because this is their drug in a sort. Yeah. And they slay it. I mean, it's it's impressive. You know, as long as, as they keep who, it together. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like as long as they don't go too extreme because you can take anything. We talked about that on, you know, like the recovery podcast we did. In the past, yep. like you could take it too far, too, you know, and, and oh, yeah, this it has lose to, your, lose your like, family out of it, you know what I mean? Be like that, that guy, there's a lot of those guys, yeah, and girls, yeah. <laughs> I have no career or, or future, but have you seen my abs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got any more, Scott? Well, we got a very important one here from Connie Richards dogs. cat, <laughs> dogs or cats. <laughs> And can we just talk about why dogs are better? Love you, Connie. Oh. <laughs> Do we have to Thank ask? you, Connie. Yes. She proved her own point. Um, stretch marks. How about that one? Oh, that's pages. We're going to go to that one next. Uh, stretch marks. Um, get on the creatine. Okay, Ron. But if I get... Oh, he was remarking on the last uh, episode. So stretch marks... Other than growing slowly, how to avoid them. And then he adds, and this part got me question. He said, or remove if, say, my buddy has a few on his butt. And I wanted to know, how did he know about his buddy's stretch marks? I don't marks? want to know how he knew that yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking, buddy. I don't know about Yeah. Stretch marks. I know very little about all my friend's butts. Very little. <laughs> I don't want to know anything. Um, I um I, I I do need to just just uh, quickly list. Um, I thought we moved on a little too quick because I didn't get to tell you the thirteen reasons why cats are just plain evil. <laughs> you had thirteen thirteen we locked do and loaded, huh? Okay. Uh, I'll just fire through them. Uh, cats don't understand. No, cats are arrogant. Cats are manipulative. Cats make you more stupid. Cats won't. <laughs> Cats don't like making eye contact with you because they think they're better than you. Cats think you are completely incapable. Cats are the favorite pets of witches. That should tell it's you true. something. That's a fact, no. isn't it? Yeah. Cats are murdering monsters who enjoy murder. I've um, seen that, actually. Cats are the pet of choice for most evil villains. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. Cats think you're their pet. <laughs> I agree with that. Cats love watching you clean up their shit. <laughs> cats think humans stink. And the conclusion is stay away from cats. I just thought I'd throw that in. All right. That's a lot of great information. Yes. There right, we go. We're good with that. We're good. There we go. <laughs> you know that okay. <laughs> Stretch marks. Yeah. Cats have them and they're covered them under their fur. Um, <laughs> I found stretch marks to be genetic. Because I've never had them. Yeah. And I've gotten really? very big and fat when I was <laughs> younger trying to get huge. Like I've done everything right and wrong in bodybuilding you could do. And I do not have stretch marks to this day, even as I've shrunk down. 
And I know most guys at least give them their pack line or anything yep. like that. I got a little bit on this on the left side because I had a surgery there. So my skin was pulled differently. So I had okay. a couple off of that. Um, and then I have other guys I knew that like when we were in, you know, barely tinkering with weights, they had giant stretch marks from jump and they weren't even, you know, as big. So I just don't think overall they're that big of a deal. And I definitely think while we're on the topic for any ladies that are watching this, guys don't care. Don't worry about them. Yeah. You know, a lot of girls are like, oh, I got these stretch mics or I got this. I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't care. Like, not yeah. that you should do it for men, but like you're not supposed to be flawless. That's retarded. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things girls think we care about that we don't care about. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. little cellulite, that's a win in my department, just so you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Remember, I want to eat. It's remember, how, it's not how you look; it's what you'll do. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. <laughs> All right, we shall finish then with Paige's question. Uh, she says, uh, "Making plans to train at Ron's gym in July. Maybe I'll you jump do. into the Vancouver Pro Show. Well, uh, we will see. You're going to jump in the Vancouver Pro Show, Dusty? Too? No, I'm going to go to Ron's gym oh. in July." Okay, perfect. Other than Ron's page. gym, what else do you uh, recommend in the area? What else did the area have to offer? Iron Bowl. That's not called Iron Bowl anymore. Right Dusty likes the restaurant across the street. It's good. I'll second um, that. So I, I tell people this just to make sure they understand. This is not like me juicing up the area or trying to make people think, but um, like there's a lot of beautiful areas in Canada but this is one of the most ridiculously beautiful places you can come like in the world. Absolutely. We're very lucky. And the crazy thing is you can go to the, you can go to the mountains in the morning and you can hike to the top of a mountain or take a gondola up to a mountain and overlook the city from like the clouds. And then you can go down to the beach for the afternoon. Yep. It's a pretty crazy place to live. It's gorgeous. There's a bunch of really great stuff. Like if you like hiking, that's, you know, infinite. It's the bomb for hiking. Infinite it, it, it doesn't at every get, possible level. It doesn't get like super overly hot. You, I mean, I think I was there in July. It was pretty hot, actually, now that I think about it. But we have, yeah, well, we'll get clobbered with a couple of, of you know, 100 degree days in July and stuff. And it can be, can be, well, I'm talking in American there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll like see. That. We will see 40. We'll see 40 uh, Celsius um, uh, in July for sure. But, you know, generally speaking, we're, we're okay here. Um, but one of the things about, uh, um, you know, if you don't like to hike, there's still, there's this, uh, the, the, there's a suspension bridge that is just unbelievable, uh, suspension bridge over top of a big Canyon with an incredible view that you can walk along. And there's so many sightseeing opportunities and things. There's all this stuff down by, down by the water. It's, there's just a, yeah, she's just get, get on the Googles and just start looking up sightseeing stuff. There's all sorts of tours you can take. It's, it's crazy out here. Look at all the information he gave, not anything about all of the food in Vancouver. Well, Vancouver that's another thing. Like it's like, like food, food central hall of fame down there. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. if you're, if you like sushi, forget about it. Some of the best on the entire planet is there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Vancouver is yeah. nuts. nuts. Also like, like, I'm not sure if it's just because like Japan is just on the other side of the ocean, but there's like a lot of sushi places here that have oh, like, yeah. they're like Japanese guys right from Japan. Oh yeah. Fish. Like it's like, they're it's real, real fresh fish. Here. Like real yeah, fresh fish. Real, fi real right fresh there fish. From the ocean. It's hours old and like yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm not a sushi guy, but the people that I know that love sushi say that a lot of the best sushi they've ever had in their life was here. So true. You know, yeah. that's something to keep in mind. But yeah, it's a foodie place. It's very multicultural. So whatever you're into, the restaurants are just off the hook. So Gas Town is cool to check out. Like walk around down there. Yeah. The shops yeah. and all that stuff. You know? There's a lot of, there's areas of Vancouver that have that real hipster vibe going on. Real cool, little trendy areas you can go to, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, weird little shops and all sorts yeah. of cool things like that. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great place to come and visit and look around. I got these pancakes from a place that's now closed called Jethro's. These pancakes were like super, um, like, uh, you know, boutique kind of pancakes where they were huge. First of all, they put them in a pizza box when you get them to, I got them to go one day. It was a pizza box and you get like two pancakes, but they were super thick. Right. And it was basically uh -huh. like the equivalent of 
two medium pizzas, say, stacked on top right. of each other. I got the one that had bacon. And what they did was they like interwove this bacon and then they like cooked it into the top of the pancake. It was, and then you just like take a fork and cut slices of this thing off. Like an order of pancakes would feed two people, you know, with get some eggs with that and stuff too. But it was the bomb. Unfortunately, Jothro's is closed, but there's other good breakfast places, like really good breakfast places there. I'm almost angry. You told me about that. And then I know it's, I'm believe me. I'm angry about it too. It's kind of a messed up thing to do to all of our listeners. Ron, have you ever gone to the UBC uh, grounds, like the, the campus and looked, walked around over there? Yeah, yeah, I've been down there a few times. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there was actually, there used to be, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a Gold's Gym on campus there. I went and trained at before with a friend of mine. And Okay. And then there's a place called Rec Beach, which is actually like a nude beach, but it's <laughs> oh, yeah. super, super popular. Like, you know, it's it's one of the best beaches to go to. So you go down to Rec Beach and not everyone's nude. Obviously, it's you can be nude, but most people are just down there just partying, having a good time. And then you'll see some weird naked guy like waving, you know, there's always that guy. He trains low sticks, you know, with a long gray beard (laughs) walking around with his nuts out. And there'll be some like there'll be some like, you know, some girls that are enjoying the topless attention. But for the most part, most nudists aren't you don't want to see to look yeah most nudists aren't good to look yeah. at so you just kind of like make sure you realize you're on a nude beach and you just some 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 definite obstacles you want to look away from um <laughs> but uh but I, I went down to rec beach with uh emily one day cause she had a photo shoot down there because like i said there's like logs all over the place on the beach and there's all this cool stuff for photo shoots so it's a good it's very popular but you go down to rec beach on like a weekend and it's packed down there people down there having fun and you know pretty cool but that's right by ubc campus that's right on the campus okay yeah so the campus is like right on the ocean which you would Mm -hmm. think that with vancouver that's been there forever right and you would think with vancouver that like with the way the property is like there's nowhere to build and this beautiful campus has like some of the best like waterfront property in the world like literally hills and mountains you can just rolling into the ocean and stuff it's it's absolutely crazy also, yep. another idea, if you're into it, is um, I think there's tours you can take, um, but like real estate, uh, you know, what, what's it called? Just <clears throat> real estate sightseeing. Oh, really? Like yep. you can, yeah, you can go on these tours where they'll just take you to like the really fancy areas, like North Vancouver and West Vancouver, and they'll take you and they'll be like, okay, see these crazy houses here? And you're like, yeah, they're really nice. And they're like, that one's $30 million. Oh, wow. And yeah. you're like, oh, really? Like they're obscenely <laughs> overpriced. It's the most expensive real estate outside of Manhattan in North America, right? Yeah. So wild. So you could take these these tours where they'll take you around and show you the nice houses that are probably worth two million in your town. Yeah. And yep. uh, <laughs> and they'll tell you how much they're worth, and it's mind boggling what those neighborhoods are worth. But yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, a lot to see. It's a fun town. I I've been there. Th- three times now and i look forward to the time i go back because it's like it's just it's a good energy in vancouver overall you know yeah and it used to be vansterdam right i mean when when weed was still illegal (laughs) yeah when weed was still illegal the actual city of vancouver like you know the actual downtown part yes they'd sort of stopped enforcing it like everywhere else in canada if you lit up a joint on the street you'd get in trouble but back in those days Vancouver kind of they just kind of let you go, and there was a very pot friendly, um, you know, very uh, that sort of thing. So the legalization of weed didn't change Vancouver a lot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, that's Is that it, guys. Got. Yep, that's it. That's I'm it. Happy with that. That was good. Okay, um, thanks for everyone. Remember, guys, the YouTube questions are definitely a priority for us. So thank you for the YouTube interaction and also the Patreon questions. So for those uh, those of you that are donating a uh, $27 cup of coffee every month um, <laughs> to Patreon, uh, your questions are definitely prioritized as well. So thank, thank you very guys. much for that. Yeah, yeah, that all helps because there are there are literally costs to doing all this, and and that does help me to at least break even. And then with YouTube and stuff like that, I can scrape together some money and and actually call it a minimum wage job with what I do. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you divide it by the hours you put in, it's not really minimum wage anymore. Yeah, you're True. well below. Yeah. But anyways, it's yeah, illegal. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're okay. Yeah, you're working for illegal slave wages. Um, we appreciate it. And uh, remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, 
and ring the bell. Yes, and and Dusty and I really appreciate all the code uses on immutant.com. Dusty twenty and Big Ron twenty. I get an email every time someone uses my code. It's great. Um, I'm glad that we're uh, able to help you guys get twenty percent off. And of course, like I said, remember the Patreon. Any any closing words, guys? Thanks for watching, everybody. That's what I have to say. Yeah, appreciate you. And next time, if if you didn't watch the previous episode. Go back and at least watch the part about Dusty's birthday. Yes, it's at the end. There'll be a timestamp. There'll be a timestamp. Yeah, timestamp. That's the part where okay. everybody knows to stop. They're like, never mind. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody. Remember, it's just bodybuilding.